You know we love staying connected. From current events to drama and celebrity gossip, we stay in the know. But it can be hard to keep up when your Wi-Fi cuts out around the house. You know, spotty in one room, but strong in the other. Thankfully, the next generation Xfinity 10G network can help by keeping you connected to everything you love with reliable wall-to-wall Wi-Fi. That means you can stay up to date on all the latest buzz in real time from room to room. Start listening to your favorite podcasts in the kitchen and listen all over the house as you put your laundry away. Better yet, the whole family can work, stream, and play on multiple devices, all with a fast and reliable connection. With the next generation Xfinity 10G network, your entire house can keep up with all the action with less buffering. Get it all from the network made for streaming, the Xfinity 10G network. So many of us love coffee. Mm-hmm. Like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. Oh, yes. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home. It's honestly game-changing. You can just shake the canister and spray it onto your coffee. And voila, you've got an incredible cold foam coffee at home. No frothing, fancy machines, or mess required. Ooh, an International Delight Cold Foam Creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom. And the best part, mm-hmm. it works on both hot and iced coffees. Oh my gosh, I'm drooling. Okay, so it comes in three foaming delicious flavors. French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at the grocery store. And be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. Okay, Bree, so what reminds you of college days? French vanilla. I mean, Bree and I lived on International Delight French Vanilla. And you know what's the cutest thing? Is every time our dad comes to visit... He calls me because I always be like, what do you want me to get the grocery store? And he's like, oh, make sure to get, it's always International Delight French Vanilla Creamer because I can't have it without my coffee. So guess what I'm getting my dad when he comes to visit because I know I'm going to love it. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. French Vanilla, of course. You guys, this is a game changer. Okay. How many of us spend too much money at coffee shops? Me. Me. Yes. And we deserve as human beings, to have that yummy, delicious coffee Why we all go to the coffee shops. And I'll be honest, I've kind of always wanted to be a barista, and now I can in my kitchen at my home. I'm really excited to have this, and I can't wait to hear what Dad thinks. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. What up, Bella Army? We are so excited because tomorrow night... Season five of Total Bellas premieres on E! at 9, 8 central. That is right. We heard you guys and we begged and we got Total Bellas to premiere a week earlier because we are all in quarantine. We're all supposed to be staying at home. So Total Bellas is back a week early for all of you. And make sure to tag us on social media because as we all are social distancing, we want to see how creative you all are going to get for Total Bella's premiere party. We can't wait to show you guys ours. So I don't know if it's going to be Zoom meetings or what, but make sure to tag us. We can't wait to see it. And also, 
The Bellas podcast is going to be your home to get the dirt on every episode of Total Bellas that airs every week. So after you watch an episode of Total Bellas, make sure not only to tweet us, of course, your questions, but call in at 833-Q-Bellas and ask us anything you want. Because you know us, Bellas, we're an open book. Yes, and you don't have to just ask Nikki and I. You can also ask Brian and Artem, and they will be very happy to answer your questions as well. That is right. So we are very excited for this Total Bellas journey and to bring it here on the Bellas podcast. So make sure to tune in tomorrow night, 9, 8 central, only on E. And you know what? We have a really fun episode for you all today. So keep tuning in, and we will see you all next week. What up, everyone? Welcome back to the Bellas Podcast. I'm so excited because today we have one of Oprah's favorite doulas, Latham Thomas, on the podcast, and I can't wait to get all her advice. Yes, I have so many questions being a first-time mom. Plus, my baby daddy, Artem Shikvintsev, is back for another hilarious edition of Bella Brains. All right, here we go. Happy Wednesday, Bella Army. I'm Bree. And I'm Nicole. And this is the Bellas Podcast. And Nicole and I are officially halfway through our pregnancy, so we're starting to research our birth plans, and we can't wait to hear what Latham thinks we should do. So you know what that means? It's time for opening up. So let's pop that bottle. All right, you guys. So today, Nicole and I are opening up with something that's just been really refreshing to us. And... You might be able to call this a mocktail, but I guess maybe it's just our drink right now of choice is some ice green tea. Mm, <laughs> what a buzz I get from it. I know. It's like that caffeine buzz. It's really funny because Nicole and I both have just not. It's been hard for us to drink coffee. And like you are allowed that Speak one cup for yourself, of- sister, not me lately. Well, I have to say, Nicole, it, I still see your face. Like you sometimes Excuse have a hard me? time with your coffee. Oh, yeah. There you know. are, you're right. There are days I take a few sips and I'm done. But when it comes to an ice cream tea, we're like, we don't mess around. We don't. So that's what we're having today. So join us with some refreshing ice cream tea. But I'm really excited for this opening up. Um, It's something that's really special to me. It's something I experienced um, with my pregnancy and birth with Birdie. But today I'm actually 20 weeks. So halfway there. Can you believe I'm halfway, Nicole? No. I mean, that's really... Well, I'm almost halfway. Yeah. I mean, well, you're a week and a half Um, behind me. Yeah. A few days. I'm 19 weeks, girl. And for me, if I get induced... I'm halfway. That's so true. So Nicole and I actually have been doing a lot of talking about our birth plans. And so especially I think when you're halfway there is when you really start looking and taking your classes and you start to research and get really serious about how you want the birthing to go. And so um, for myself, I had a really amazing experience having a doula with um, Birdie. And I did hypnobirthing classes. So I worked with actually two doulas throughout my pregnancy And then after pregnancy, I had a postpartum doula. So I had this amazing three-woman team who just not only helped educate me on what's going on with my body, the different changes, but they were there as my support system. So everything I would get scared about from a certain pain in my stomach to, oh my gosh, like, am I ready to be a mother? They always had all these great 
answers. And I'm very spiritual. So doulas bring in this very spiritual, beautiful energy into pregnancy. And um, they just made me see the beauty of just creating life. And so um, I'm looking to do that now. Um, I'm actually really excited to call Latham and get her on the phone because I want to do a VBAC. So it's a vaginal birth after a cesarean. So, um, yeah, that's what I decided. And then what about you, Nicole? I'm just excited to hear from her. I never knew anything about a doula until, you know, I was in labor with you and going through your pregnancy and birth with Birdie. And I just realized all the pluses and positives about having a doula, I think especially for your first time around. But I do think... If you can afford it, it's great to keep having it for all of your pregnancies. Why not have that extra support? Someone there who knows what they're doing to lead you through it. And look, you guys, I really want to have a vaginal birth. It may not go that way for me, but I want to pick Latham's brain today about it because I've been reading some books and I'm definitely meditating and praying my way to a vaginal birth. Mm -hmm. So I want to know if there's anything else I need to do. I mean, I'm even doing the vagina massages. I'm doing anything. Wait, 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 wait. When you say vagina massages, what does that mean? Okay, mis- I don't mean masturbation, but I do that too. I'm not going to lie. Right. I mean, me your too. hormones, yeah, it's crazy. You get very, very horny. And <laughs> and I'm not being gross or raunchy for all you Our women. Our guys that- travel a lot. So yeah, and happens. for all you women listening, it, it happens, and it's okay to say it. But there's different massages you can do um, for your vagina and your groin that start to help prep you for birth, to the vagina, to open up and let this baby come out and, and be okay. And you know what? It actually makes sense to me because, think, we stretch before matches. We stretch before workouts. So you're about to put your vagina through the biggest workout possible. So can I tell you something? My vagina didn't have the issue. It was my cervix that but needed the massage. that's what I mean. Then you get into labor... Yeah. And there's so many other things, but I want to know what can I do? I want to do everything I can to prep for a vaginal birth. And then look, I know when I get there, God's going to have his plan for me and the baby's first, the baby's health. So they got to cut me open to get my baby out. Well, that's what's going to happen because right. I'm going to bring my baby into this world safe and sound. All right. Ooh, I'm well, excited. Well, let's bring her on, Brian. Okay. We can't keep talking. We need yes. to bring Latham on. All right, you guys, I am so excited today that we have Latham Thomas on the show and that Nicole and I get to pick her brain. So welcome, Latham. Thanks so much for having me and congrats on pregnancy. Thank you. Now, is it weird for a doula to hear twins are pregnant together? (laughs) It's not weird so much as um, I think that when you've shared, you know, womb space with someone your entire life, um, I think a lot of people who have lived like that, they have patterned um, types of tendencies, right? So one gets pregnant or one gets married. So I see that happen um, with twins, or if it's not even twins, like people who are super close in age and maybe um, were really close growing up. So I'm not surprised, but I think it's awesome. Oh, thank you so much. You know, for our listeners who don't know exactly a doula's role in pregnancy and in the birthing process, can you kind of explain to our listeners doulas and kind of what their philosophy is on birthing? Sure. So a doula is really um, supposed to be a non-judgmental presence of support that provides education, physical support, emotional support, um, 
advocacy, partner education and support, and really serves as kind of like a cheerleader or um, a guide to help you navigate this really incredible time in your life. And, you know, many people come to pregnancy through different paths, right? And so what's most important is that people feel like they have adequate support and that they have the education and resources at their fingertips to make decisions that align with their vision for what they hope the experience will be. And so a doula kind of helps you map that, right? And um, one of my clients basically calls it like having a producer for your birth, right? Yeah. You think about like producing a wedding and like all the ins and outs and things that have to be considered for that to go smoothly. Um, you know, how do you want the space to be where you're going to deliver? What elements are you going to bring into the room? Is it going to be scented a certain way? You know, um, what are the, uh, you know, people that are going to be allowed in the space? Who are they? You know, what's your postpartum experience going to be like? Who's going to help out and what systems need to be in place for you to succeed, right? So it's really visioning the entire process through and making sure that we meet some of the gaps I love that you say that because I feel like, you know, people look at doulas and they they feel like doulas almost just completely excuse medical and it becomes like you have to give birth outside and it's a different process. But, you know, I gave birth in a hospital. I had a doula and you're 100 percent correct. It's like the producer of the show. And the one thing that was really nice for me and what gave me peace of mind is I never had to make a decision. It was like my doula and I had our birth plan together. We spent my whole pregnancy, so gosh, it had to be, I was probably with her, had to be 30 weeks, maybe not 25 weeks, so we mm -hmm. just knew each other so well, and um, I just loved her, and our connection was amazing, but it was like she just ran the show, and all I had to concentrate on was my breathing, getting through my contractions. I will say, like, my doula definitely gave me peace of mind, and Anytime anyone asks me about a doula, I'm like, it's not what you think. Because sometimes I feel like people feel like they're going to be pressured into giving birth in a bathtub. I'm like, no, they're just your cheerleader. They want you to have the best possible birth you want. And they help you with that birth plan. And, you know, Nicole and I want to ask you some personal questions about our pregnancies. And, Nicole, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask my first one. Should go on. Um, so I ended up in a, having an emergency C-section and, um, obviously I, I took hypnobirthing classes. I thought my whole birth would be done in a bathtub, very peaceful, quiet. And, um, unfortunately my baby had a different idea. And, um, after 22 hours of labor, she was stuck in my birth canal and I had an emergency C-section. So now with this pregnancy, I'm 20 weeks. Um, I'm kind of getting to that point where I'm really starting to research and think about my plan. And the biggest thing is, is I would love a VBAC. And yeah. if you, if our listeners aren't familiar, a VBAC is having a vaginal birth after C-section. And um, I'll admit, I am really, really scared because sometimes I feel like you hear these things where people are like, oh, the baby's at risk or it might not happen. And just with your knowledge and how many births you've done, what are your thoughts on a VBAC um, birth plan? I think, first of all, I applaud you for exploring a VBAC as an option because many people don't know that that's um, an option available to them after having a cesarean. Um, many people are discouraged to have VBACs. Um, and I think 
the, the point is this, right? Cesareans aren't foolproof. They're not necessarily safe. We know that most women survive them and most women are healthy, but there's a lot that can also go wrong, you know, during and post. There's infection that could happen. There's all types of things that can happen also during, right? Where, you know, um, there can be lacerations of internal organs. Like there's a lot of things that can happen and it's a major abdominal surgery. So it takes a lot of time to heal. And you know that from experiencing it, right? It was awful. Right. You're cutting through major tissue, muscle, um, and then to get to the baby. And then you're sewn back up with um, dexterity and and a, a lot of attention is put to how you will heal. But then you have to like start walking like four hours after the surgery. You don't have any abdominal control. Your organs are like prolapsed usually um, as a result. And so you have to rebuild your pelvic floor while trying to sort of heal from a major incision, which for some people... It may be six weeks um, to eight weeks of healing. Some people, it takes up to a year to heal. So, you know, from vaginal delivery, we're talking like, you know, up to six weeks of healing, usually, depending on if there's any tearing um, and and recovery time uh, connected to that. So when we think about a, a low risk birth, right, we anticipate that, you know, a vaginal delivery will be the optimal choice. Now, um, we don't want to induce someone who's had a, a previous C-section, right? Because there's risk for um, uh, uterine rupture. So you would want to go into labor naturally uh, for a VBAC. And there's a lot of things that you can do naturally to prime your body for that. But yeah, I mean, I've had so many women who've had VBACs and are so happy because they've been able to have both experiences. Right. Um, and sometimes there's other reasons for why people can't have vaginal deliveries. But I think it's a really great place to start. And if it turns out that it's not possible down the line, then you know you can you can sort of cross that bridge when you get there. But I do think it's a great thing to prepare for, especially if this pregnancy is presenting as one that's low risk. There's no reason why that shouldn't be on the table as part of the discussion. And there's ways that we can talk to our care providers about what our desires are so that they can uh, elucidate for us the evidence-based research that shows why this is a viable option for us, right? right? So that's also really important that your care provider's on board and that your doula or your um, partner and other people who are sort of going to be at the birth um, can also be on board with what that goal is for you so that you can prepare your body as well as your mind for that process. Okay, great. Yeah, that's awesome. And this is Nikki. And so I'm going to be a first time mom. This is, yeah, thank you. My first pregnancy. And, you know, I actually was someone who had no idea about doulas till, I mean, Brie was pregnant with her first um, little girl, and mm-hmm. I was there with Brie during her whole labor. So that was my first experience in knowing a doula, and I did see the positives and just how much this doula really helped my sister. And I immediately was like, okay, the day I get pregnant and go into labor, I need a doula. I need someone to help me. And yeah. I wanted to know some tips like I literally pray every night and every morning to have a vaginal birth. Like I really, really want that. And I know you can't really predict what's going to happen in labor, Mm -hmm. but are there ways to prep having a vaginal birth? Um, Is that possible? I didn't, I didn't know if there was anything out there for that, like exercises or I have no idea. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that most people, ideally, that's like the, the plan, right, is to move that direction. So what you can do is um, certain types of movement activities, whether it's prenatal yoga, um, different types of massage techniques, including perineal massage, where you're sort of stretching the vulva and perineal tissues to help um, make it easier for uh, the delivery and also to protect the pelvic floor and, and sort of prevent trauma to the pelvic floor. Um, you know, there's obviously visualization and mindfulness techniques. And like you mentioned, prayer, you know, I'm such a believer in the power of prayer. I believe that you know, my sister, um, who had two home births and her third uh, baby is coming uh, very soon. And she had what was called placenta previa, which means that the placenta is blocking the uh, cervix. And the cervix is sort of the exit for the baby to go um, through the passageway to be born. And so um, if the placenta is blocking the, the cervix, then the only option for safe and healthy delivery is a C-section, right? The only thing we could really do was pray. We prayed, I fasted, and I remember maybe two weeks ago, I got a phone call from her and it was like a full coverage when they had the last scan. And then when she called me, it had completely moved. And so, yeah, that gives me goosebumps. It was so powerful. And so, you know, like if God can move mountains, he can move a placenta, you know? So I think like to have that vision is really important and also feel like you're getting adequate information about the process. I think when you understand scientifically what's happening, it also is so cool. You have a better appreciation, but also, um, a sense of comfort in what's happening when you experience it. Right. So you're not like afraid. And, um, and then I think again, you know, mapping what it is that you desire and knowing that, um, as we move through the process, you know, it's one of those things where like, you can't really plan, but you know that like, if you have a map for where you want to go, the goal is a healthy and safe birth, you know, a healthy baby, healthy mother. Mm -hmm. And along the way, many things occur. And so we sort of make decisions as we go as well, right? Like I'll have moms who will say, okay, I want to deliver all natural, no epidural. And great, you know, And but then sometimes they get there and they're like, oh my gosh, like this is more than what I bargained for. I think I need, you know, an epidural, I need something. And if you're in a hospital, obviously they have pharmaceuticals and you have that option. And for some people you know, that might've been laboring for like 30 hours, that's a compassionate choice, right? And I've had moms who've done that and then suddenly three hours later, they're pushing. So it's like, you can't get so attached to sort of what you want an outcome to be, but really be very flexible about how we get there. Because the biggest thing is that we don't want to disappoint ourselves or feel like we failed in any way. But what we want to do is feel confident, feel supported, feel empowered through the process so that no matter what the outcome is, we feel like we were heroines. We feel like superheroes, irregardless of what went down. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that's really the goal of the doula as well is to kind of help 
the mother and or couple frame this experience as sacred, as powerful, but also as uniquely their own. And so even though it's like you have your sister and there's so many shared experiences, your births will give you completely different. And so even though you can give each other advice, there's certain things that you're going to have to experience on your own that'll like sort of imprint you for your own unique um, pathway to motherhood. So I think it's beautiful that you're praying for this because I think it's powerful to have a vision. And I also want for you to prepare yourself for like all of the different um, options and outcomes so that you're educated in case any of those things were to come up. But it is powerful and, and I think a great way to move through the pregnancy by having like this vision. And it seems like you're so keen on what that is. And, and that's really powerful to move with that energy through the pregnancy. Yeah, I totally Gosh, agree. That's amazing. I know. And, um, you know what, Nicole, we're going to have to start praying together. Oh, Bria, I'm, you're, I'm praying. We both want vaginal births. And I will say this, you know, um, it was hard not to be disappointed that I ended my my birthing experience in emergency C-section because I visualized it so differently. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I was happy that my baby girl came out healthy. And um, so yes. I, I, I try not to get down on the fact that I had a C-section because I, I, I look at Birdie and I'm like, I couldn't ask for a healthier, you know, great kid. Exactly. Right. And I think another important piece to that too, and, and something that doulas also do is like helping you process that experience because even like in our doula immersion program, we have women who travel like from around the globe to become doulas. And what's so interesting is that those who have given birth, they're sort of sitting with questions that were never answered during their birth process and post-birth, right? right? Like they're sitting with information that they were never able to really reckon with until they did this course and were able to kind of find a place of healing. And so even in this process, in this time, like with your doula, you can like process that experience and come to peace with it. Right. And, and yes, of course, there's always disappointment when something goes differently than what we had, you know, sort of set out for it to be. But I think that in having someone that can hold your hand and can affirm you and you can share what's on your heart and, and make sense of it. I think that's so critically important Um, And that's important regardless of what outcome you have, but especially one where there's initial disappointment. I think it's so great to have that that person there who can allow you to just emote and share and unearth the emotions that come up for you around the experience. Yeah. Oh, I definitely agree. Actually, I love that. And, you know, I I hired a postpartum doula and um, it really was amazing how much she helped me See, like, the positive and the light and all that. We'll be right back, but first, a quick break. You know what I love about springtime is that you kind of get to refresh your closet. You know, fall, winter, we're all bundled up. And then when spring comes, the sun is truly out. You get to ditch all the layers and just refresh your look. I mean, I feel like I'm totally in for like refreshing my wardrobe, bringing a little color. I need spring shopping. I mean, Brie, Walmart has like some incredible styles out right now and so affordable. Oh, that is right. This spring, there's only one destination for the latest fashion, home and beauty inspired by real life, Walmart. 
Be it bold swimwear or graphic, beach towels, glowy makeup or sleek activewear, or even elevated furniture and mix and match tableware to inspire your next spring gathering at home. Discover surprisingly stylish new season favorites at Walmart now or shop it on the Walmart app. Go to walmart.com slash now trending. That's walmart.com slash now trending. Now trending. Your style at Walmart. Thrive Market is a go-to for all of your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online, then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. And you could use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Nikki, where do we get all our primal condiments? Thrive Market. You know it. I have actually loved so much that I have been able to transform my refrigerator, even my pantry, to healthy, low-sugar condiments. Mm -hmm. Everything in the gluten-free, Whole30 diet recommendations. Thrive Market for me is that one-stop shop where I can pick and choose all the things that are healthy for not only my kids, but for myself too. And boom, they're at my front door within days. They definitely make it super easy to stay healthy, organic, all the things that we really want in our household. One thing that Thrive Market has helped me with is I've wanted that when it comes to household cleaning items or just stuff that you actually put in your house besides consuming. And they've really helped it. I had one one of my goals this year was less plastic in my house. Thrive Market helps with that, with refillables, with what I exactly need to clean. And look, when you have kids running around, having... A company really care about the ingredients inside it. That's super important. What we're spraying on our counters, putting in our toilets, on our sheets, all of that matters. So grateful for a place like Thrive Market that really looks into ingredients and we know what we're buying. 100%. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash twins for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash twins. Thrivemarket.com slash twins. Warning, things are about to get intense. I mean, Brie and I are talking like that intense moment when the room stops, maybe time stops, when everything might be going around you, but you're looking at that one person dead in the eyes or a maple donut and <laughs> in our eyes usually I'm giving that stare down when I want to ask my husband for his credit card so I can go shopping Ooh, that is the intense that I like intense heat lasting plump from the hot new lifter plump from Maybelline New York formulated with chili pepper lifter plump delivers a heated sensation for an instant lip plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades. Blush, Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Coco Zing, and many more. 
And you know me with that red. Nothing like a red flag on my sizzling lips. Oh, we know it, girl. Can you take that heat? Find your shade at Maybelline.com or a retailer near you. Amazon shoppers get 10% off Lifter Plump purchase with code 10PLUMP for a limited time. have to ask because I would always talk to my doula about this, but what's been your craziest birthing experience? Like my doula literally had a patient have to give um, birth in a parking lot staring at a Filiberto sign. <laughs> Poor thing. And um, so I have to ask, what's been the craziest birthing experience you've had? I would say the same, like, you know, babies that come in cars or on the toilet or, you know, um, yeah, places like that. I had one that was in a closet. You know, the mother just stayed in the closet the whole time and wow. um, like a kitten, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and just like hid out. And what's been really amazing is for me, and I'm sure other doulas would say the same, and also, you know, people who just witness the process. For me, what it is that makes it so special is sort of you see these people cross this threshold. And they become something and have something in their possession that they didn't have when they started the process. And so they become someone else, right? And they shed this aspect of their ego and become someone they may not even recognize. And sometimes that's hard for people to sort of sit with emotionally because you're hoping to see some semblance of who you once were when you move into new motherhood. But it requires you to shed that. I think that that for me is like the wildest thing to see is people who, you know, when, when they're friends of mine or people that I see in the public and they're one way. And then when they have kids they are like a completely different way. And, um, I think that's so awesome. And especially with the tools that we have now with social media, we can now see like in real time, how people evolve um, and, and sort of change as parents. You know, one of the cool things in, in the postpartum period, when mothers breastfeed, what happens is that the grooves in your brain actually change. So the formation of your brain, the actual grooves in your brain shift every time your baby suckles and they're like hardwiring you, you're hardwiring that baby for emotional intelligence and for, um, obviously, Uh, their emotional development, their neurological development, but the fact that they're changing you as well, right? So it's so amazing what happens. So I'm always so fascinated just to see that kind of emotional veil that shifts this person and they become like this really unrecognizable sometimes because they're not really seeing the change until they look back, but like we're watching it unfold as people who are caring for you and things like that. So I love to see that. I love to see the shift and and who people become. And when it comes to crazy, it's like I've seen women who've like, you know, have sung songs the whole time. I mean, like really, really cool things, (laughs) you know, to things that are like more um, like really emotionally challenging as well. I mean, I've I've seen the gamut, but um, but the most powerful thing for me is just like watching that person emerge um, after the baby arrives. Wow. Gosh. And, you know, my sister's experience now, but it is incredible what 
the human body, the woman body, and even your babies, yes. all of it together, what it is capable of uh-huh. and what it does, you're just, sometimes you really have to sit back and you're just like, wow, this is truly when they say the miracle of life, it's a miracle. Amen. It's unreal. Wow. And so we have one last question. This has just been so much fun, such a treat for me. But our one last question for all of our listeners out there, whether you're pregnant, you're planning on getting pregnant, what is the number one tip you would give them? Just that one that they can kind of walk away with. Okay. Well, this one I would say, and you all can cheat with this because you have a built-in support system in each other, but I would say that um, it's so important to develop like a sister circle of support, right? Like people who you can lean on, who you can confide in, who can come over and like cook some food or who can just talk to you. So you're not like talking to an infant by yourself all day because motherhood can be incredibly isolating. And so um, I think just having a team of people around who are supportive uh, can be really, really helpful uh, for new mothers, especially if they have um, postpartum depression or anxiety. You know, mood disorders show up, especially when people don't have support, right? And we can actually mitigate them with interventions. And what those interventions are, are mainly focused on are finding adequate support systems. So that means maybe having some sort of family come in. If family is soothing and comforting to you, maybe your mom or your aunt or someone who can, you know, help you with getting comfortable with the baby and comfortable with aspects of new motherhood. Um, Maybe it's having the postpartum doula, right? Like you had mentioned before, you know, having that support that's built in, in a care provider who's really skilled and who's there to just mother you through the new motherhood process. Whether that's, you know, having a little spreadsheet um, where your friends take turns on who's going to come visit and who's going to, you know, pick up your laundry or your dry cleaning or whatever that looks like. Maybe it's setting up like a meal train so different people can show up with meals for you and your partner. And so that, that way you guys don't have to be focused on figuring out what to eat, because as we know, new mothers cannot be figuring out what to eat. <laughs> you just <Yeah>. won't eat. <laughs> I love so, that. <laughs> right? So I think like having that support is really key and, and identifying those people before the baby comes. So you have your entire pregnancy to kind of do an audit of your friends, but also to meet new people and also maybe engage in um, conversation and potentially recruiting some folks that you may have not had closeness with before. Because one of the things that happens so often is that our friends sometimes disappoint us. You think that they're there for you. And then when the baby comes, they're nowhere to be found. And that's really hard for a lot of new mothers to experience, especially Mm -hmm. with friendships that have been, you know, decades long. They find that those friendships start to fall apart because they don't feel supported. So, so really kind of setting the tone for that during the pregnancy so that when you get on the other side, you have what you need. I think that's so critically important. And it's amazing when you have sisters because you have someone who's there, right? Like I, my little sister has me, but I mean, it's, we're not as close as twins, you know what I mean? So it is amazing that you all have each other. And I also want to point out that it is so incredible for you to be using your platform in this way to educate and to inform your community and people beyond your community and in the world at large about like 
birth choices and options and really sort of normalizing these conversations because it's it's cool if you and I, I mean, the three of us, I should say, have this conversation, you know, in a silo together, but it's powerful for you to bring this kind of conversation to your community and your, you know, folks on Instagram and showing them like, you know, the challenges you're having, but also the triumphs you're having and the things that you're thinking about and the products you're using, like that really helps people to get confident in their decision-making and choices that they make around the process too. It helps them to ask informed questions of their practitioners. So you're doing a huge service, just being yourselves and being transparent with your process. So I just want to apply you both for that. That's really powerful for all of us. So thank you. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. And thank you too for just dedicating your life to helping women through this hard process because especially I feel like here in America, it means so much. Like you said, that number one tip you guys is having that sisterhood and creating just that support system. And from doulas to family to friends, start putting your team together because I will say I've been through it like many of you listening and Nicole who will it's having that support system makes just pregnancy motherhood that much easier. I agree. And pick up her book, mama glow, a hip guide to a fabulous and abundant pregnancy and own your glow, a soulful guide to luminous living and crowning the queen within. So that's next on our books to read Nicole. That is right. Get that on your reading list. And I just want to let you know, Glow Maven on Instagram and Mama Glow on Instagram. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. All right, everyone, make sure to head there now. Welcome back to our segment, Dear Bellas, where we give Bella-style advice to our listeners. Because who needs Abby when you have two Bellas? <laughs> That's right. And here's today's question. Hi, Brie and Nicole. This is Danielle. Um, I've recently become a fan of Total Bellas and the Bellas podcast. Um, my question for you guys is about sister relationships, because I'm the youngest of three sisters, but we're all very close. Um, but me and my oldest sister, I tend to get very jealous of things going on in her life that I may want or, you know, the relationships that she's in or where she is in her life. So my question for you guys is how do you not compare, especially as a twin, how do you not compare your life to your sisters or to anybody else for that matter? Because I end up getting really upset because my life is, quote, not as good as maybe my sister's is. It's something I've struggled with my whole life. Um, I'm trying to get past it, but as I'm getting older, it's actually getting harder. Uh, anything you can tell me would be great. Thanks so much. Ooh, Danielle, that's a really, really great question. And I feel like you're not alone in that. I feel like all siblings, whether it's sisters, brothers, sister and a brother, I feel like this happens a lot. But the one thing, you know, being a twin and a sister, I I feel like one thing I always have to look at is my strengths and my weaknesses and Nicole's strengths and her weaknesses because my weaknesses are Nicole's strengths and her weaknesses are my strengths. But that's what makes us a really good team. And I feel like that's what you have to look at. Look at your older sister and you look at her and you feel like she might have a more successful life than you. She might look at you and be like, ah, if only I could be like my little sister in these ways. So for me, I feel like you're kind of looking at one little detail in life 
when you need to look at the whole picture, because I bet you if you had a deep conversation with your sister, she'd be like, I just love it that you live your life this way. There's things in your life that go this way that she feels like she's missing out. And the one thing Nicole and I've always been good at is acknowledging each other's strengths. I feel like we always compliment Nicole is someone who like she's crazy driven. Sometimes I'm like, I can't keep up with you. Like it's too much. But she's very headstrong in that way. And I envy that. I think that's amazing. And then she'll look at me and I think she likes the fact that like I love to be calm and I don't feel bad to have days where I don't do anything. And what would you say, Nicole? Yeah, well, you know what I think it is? And I, you know, to go off what you're saying is we're very different personality wise. So for you, Danielle, what I think you really have to sit down and this will be a great time for you to journal is... My wants in life are a lot different than my sister's. So that's why it's easy for me not to compare my life to my sister's. My sister wants to live a certain way and I want to live a certain way. I want to do my career a certain way and she does. And so to be honest, if if I was to sit down and journal, like would I really want the things Brie has in her life? Like I strive for the things I want in my life because I know how happy that makes me feel. And I think that will actually help you so much if you sit down and you write, what do you want out of life from relationship to friendships to maybe, you know, some material things to career to where you want to live? And then look at what your sister has. Does that match up? And more than likely, it won't match up. And I think that will give you some relief of why am I envying what she has when this is actually what I don't want. What I have learned through my process of therapy and having a life coach is that we tend to romanticize a lot. And we do this a lot in relationships. And it's like, why do I miss this ex? Like, here were the things wrong, but why am I missing this person in this moment? And we tend to romanticize or maybe we're lacking something in our life and that's something they provided, but we're just romanticizing. We don't really want it. And that's why journaling is so important. And I think maybe there's something in your life that's missing. So you're immediately romanticizing about what your sister has and you get the jealousy feeling. And I promise you it's not real. When you get those feelings of negativity, you actually don't really want that certain thing. You're just, you're missing something that you need to go on your own journey and figure it out. And I think when you start to do that journey and do the work on yourself, you're going to realize what you're missing and you're going to get that peace into your life and you're going to feel so fulfilled that whatever it is your sister has or anyone in life, you're not going to envy it at all. And when you get to that place, I will tell you what, that is the true success. But the words envy and jealous, pretty much the seven deadly sins, that won't even enter your circle of happiness. So definitely start to write all that stuff down. I I hope that helps. And Bri, I don't know if you want to add more to that. No, I think that's great advice. And um, and I bet, Danielle, you have a pretty rock in life that... I think you'd be shocked once you journal it and all that. I bet there's probably a lot of people out there who are jealous of what you have going on. Yes, I agree, Danielle. And right before we wrap, I want to challenge you to something. So besides writing your journal, I challenge you every night before you go to bed, you write down three things you are grateful for. And you're going to realize you have so many things in your life to be grateful for. So I hope this advice helped you. And I truly am sending you a lot of love, light, And I hope you get through this process. 
All right, you guys, if you want a chance to hear from us, give us a call at 833-Q-BELLAS. Yes, we love your questions, but now it's time for Bella Brains. This week, Bella Brains is hosted by my man, Artem Shigvintsev. Finally, you pronounced halfway right my last Yay! name. Well, thank you for having me <laughs> for another edition of Bella Brains, the hilarious weekly game show where we keep the score to see who has the stronger Bella Brain. We're keeping track of who wins each week, and the first person to five wins a donation of their favorite charity paid for by the loser. The current score is 1 0, me in the lead. Enjoy it now. Whatever, Brie. Let me have my moment. Who's going to win this round? Let's find out. It's time for... Bella Brains, Bella Brains, Bella Brains. Okay, who's leaving the room first? I'll go. Are you ready? You know it. For this week, Bella Brains, I'm going to ask a question about... St. Patrick's Day. Ooh. Ooh. Do you know anything about St. Patrick's Day? Uh, green beer. Well, you know what? <laughs> Save it because that might be a question. Oh. All right. So, question number one. What is the official symbol of St. Patrick's Day? I'll give you three chances. Four-leaf clover. Well, you part right for the four-leaf clover, but it doesn't call that. It called something else. And I need that name. Ugh. Ugh, exactly. So this clover has another name? Well, it goes by something different than a clover. Four leaf leaf? Yes, four a leaf lucky leaf. lucky charm. No. And the final guess is? Mm, a four leaf plant? <laughs> well, you just wasted well, the really Well, I don't know guess. Irish. Well, do you want to know? Yeah, I'm probably going to get mad. It's a shamrock. Oh my gosh, duh, a shamrock. Dang it. Well, too bad. Great. If All Brie right. gets out, I'll be so mad. Uh, well, let's let's see what's going to happen. Okay, you ready for question number two? Yeah. Okay, question number two. Which of the following is a well-known mascot for St. Patrick's Day? One, elf. Two, leprechaun. Three, goblin. Four, witch. Two, leprechaun. That is correct. Question number three. St. Patrick is the patron saint of what country? Ireland. That is correct. Yes. Well, you got two out of three. I have a feeling we're going to need a tiebreaker in this one. Let me go grab Brie. All right, I'm back. Yay. Well, it's nice to have you. <laughs> And the topic of today's question is going to be St. Patrick's Day. Ooh, Ooh. Question number one. What is the official symbol of St. Patrick's Day? Four-leaf clover? No, but you kind of there. But it doesn't call that. It called something else. So it's you're... like a clover is what you're telling me. It's like a clover. Um, dang it. I mean, a leaf? Oh, my gosh. That is incorrect. And the final <laughs> guess. It's ridiculous. 
Um, <laughs> I said a four-leaf leaf. <laughs> four-leaf four leaf. leaf. I almost thought about saying that. Um, gosh, what are clovers and leaves called? Thyme. Basil. <laughs> Basil? Is that what it is? <laughs> no. Oh. So a symbol for St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Is your own it Jeopardy is. boo. What is yeah. the official symbol? I'm just going to say a Celtic. That is incorrect. Okay, what is Isn't it? Isn't it Celtic? It's a like shamrock. I know. Oh, oh yeah. my yes. gosh. How did I forget about a shamrock? <sighs> I don't know. Somehow you guys did. Okay, question number two. Which of the following is a well-known mascot for St. Patrick's Day? One, elf. Two, leprechaun. Three, goblin. Four, witch. It'd be a leprechaun, number two. Oh, good job. One correct out of two. And the question number three. St. Patrick is the patron saint of what country? Ireland. That is correct. And it's a tie. I'm oh, going to have to dang. ask you a tie break question. Okay, okay. I'm ready. Oof, okay. Where was the world's first recorded St. Patrick's Dublin. Day Parade? Dublin. Ireland. That is incorrect. Chicago. New York. <laughs> um, London. <laughs> Belfast. <laughs> oh, this is so fun. How many more cities can you going to mention? Um, San Francisco. <sighs> Give us a hint. Seriously? In Los Angeles. Nope. The hint... There is a movie by Martin Scorsese, where is Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Wahlberg. What city is it based? Philadelphia? Brooklyn. Departed. I don't know. Boston. That is correct. That is Boston. I won. Whatever. Forget about it. Forget oh, about it. Forget about it. No, I'm well, taking the victory. it is victory. Boston. Thank and you. the date is on March 18th, 1737. Wow. 1737? That is correct. I should have known Boston. Quite I mean, they ago. had so much beer there. Not only that, it was like kind of one of the first That's colonies? pretty much where all the Irish we'll people migrated to, brains. actually. Well, Brie, congratulations. That brings current score... One, two, one. That is right. And make sure to join us again next week for another edition of Bella Brains, Bella Brains, Bella Brains. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. And thank you, Latham, for joining us, inspiring us, and reminding us how important it is to be a team, to have a sisterhood, and to support each other through such a beautiful time in our lives. Amen. And make sure to tweet us your questions for Bella Army Q&A with the hashtag Bella's Podcast. And call 833-Q-Bellas to ask us for on-air advice in our segment, Dear Bellas. And please show us some love by rating the show, leaving a review, and hitting subscribe. Special thanks to Artem for being a great Bella Brains host. Until next week, remember to stay fearless. And you always go Brie mode if you drink along with us. See See you next Wednesday. Wednesday. And as Birdie likes to say, Bye-bye.